This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamperino. Democrats heading into the November midterm elections have focused their energy messaging on mainly two things, blaming the fossil fuel industry for high gasoline prices and accusing Republicans of being cozy with big oil. But that messaging strategy doesn't prioritize something you might think Democrats would be excited to hype up, the massive $369 billion clean energy and climate bill that President Joe Biden signed into law just two months ago which was the party's key legislative achievement this Congress. So why are Democrats using this specific strategy? Is it effective? And how is the GOP responding? Politico's Josh Siegel and I talk about all of that and more. It's Friday, October 21st. So, Josh, as the midterms approach, Democrats have been spending most of their time criticizing the oil industry rather than hyping up this massive climate bill they passed. Why is that? Yeah, so this is really their closing message here in the last few weeks of the election. And the reason they're doing it is because they realize really across states, across districts, that high fuel costs, particularly gasoline, is really the predominant issue that people care about. We know how visible that is to people and just how widespread the impact is. And they feel like showing that that there's a villain, oil and gas companies polling has shown that they aren't popular. And this accusation of price gouging is something that, that has some resonance. And it's uncertain just exactly how big of a role that plays. I mean, studies have shown it's not a huge role in, in what's generally happens when gasoline prices go higher, but they feel like playing offense here is is a strong argument. It's also something they feel like Biden has really taken up. So it's taking cues from the president. So there's a little bit of mimicking going on as well. Yeah. And where are we seeing this blame oil strategy happen the most on the campaign trail? Interestingly, it's really in the swing states where it's the most glaring in the Senate. The Democrats in Pennsylvania, Nevada, and New Hampshire are really hitting this. So in Pennsylvania, you have the Democrat John Fetterman. He's called for an end to oil companies, quote, price gouging bullshit. And he's even suggested prosecuting CEOs of businesses that are caught inflating prices. In Nevada, there's an incumbent senator senator there, Catherine Cortez Masto. She's accusing her opponent, Adam Laxalt, of being tied to oil and gas companies in there. And then also New Hampshire, an incumbent there, Maggie Hassan, is also playing this up. She's really selling the Inflation Reduction Act as a measure to, to bring down energy costs by reducing reliance on fossil fuels. And she's saying, oh, Republicans are in bed with big oil by unilaterally opposing that bill and keeping the status quo. Yeah. So do we have any specific data or other evidence about how effective this blame oil strategy is with voters? Yeah, so we don't have a ton of actual polling. The most recent and kind of the most prevalent that proponents of the strategy talk about is there was a national poll conducted in the spring on behalf of Climate Power and the League of Conservation Voters. So these are environmental groups that showed that 57% of voters say accusing oil company CEOs of profiteering, quote, off Russia's war in Ukraine is a, quote, valid criticism. 
And then also there's just kind of broader polling that was done this summer that looks at independent voters specifically where by a 15 point margin, they're saying they're more likely to agree with Democrats who want to hold corporations accountable for price gouging than those who want to reduce government spending to lower the deficit. And then just anecdotally, I talked to some people in Pennsylvania really looking at Fetterman, who's facing off with Dr. Oz, a Republican. I think uh, this race is really interesting because Fetterman has kind of backed off previous calls to ban fracking, which we know is is very dicey politics in Pennsylvania, a huge natural gas producing state. But Dr. Oz, the Republican, has previously written about the potential health problems experienced by people who live near fracking sites. And of course, now he's really taking up the GOP line on advocating for fracking and just generally on fossil fuel production and hitting Biden and tying Fetterman to Biden. But according to building trade union officials who are important in that state and and also kind of political observers, they say that Fetterman's actually a strong messenger for this strategy. I mean, and that he's breaking through. So a Democrat is able to kind of still say that they want to address climate change, but is also saying, well, we want oil and gas production in the interim and we can't be banning fracking. And you're also reporting that Democrats are attacking the Republican opponents for being cozy with the fossil fuel industry. How are Republicans responding to that strategy and Democrats' overall energy messaging heading into the elections? Yeah, I mean, Republicans kind of across the board just say that this rein in the corporate profits strategy and really hitting oil companies. I mean, this is something that's that's well-tread. I mean, Democrats do that a lot and that Sure, some people might buy into that, but it's more of a tactic and it's not like actually doing anything on policy. Or they're also just saying that words are one thing, but they feel like the broader Biden agenda is still to move off fossil fuels. So they just don't find that it's super credible. But of course, they're not really leaning in on the climate issue as much. So we'll see if they pay it all for that, given extreme weather has been very relevant in the lead up to the election and some of the strong hurricanes we've seen. Also, on Thursday, EPA proposed a rule that would reduce the use of hydrofluorocarbons, or HFCs, by 40%. That rule is the second step toward fulfilling a target set by Congress to curb the emissions of HFCs by 85% by 2036. For context, hydrofluorocarbons are a family of chemicals used in refrigerators, air conditioners, aerosols, foams, and other products. And they're significant contributors to global warming. The rule from EPA is in line with federal law and the requirements of the Kigali Amendment, an international climate agreement Congress ratified last month. Once that agreement is implemented by the U.S. and other nations, it's expected to reduce warming by 0.5 degrees Celsius this century. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Josh Siegel is the usual host of the podcast. Norma Malaykel is the producer of the show. Raghu Manavalan edited our podcast this week. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. 
Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.